You're listening to the Bookkeepers podcast with the 6FB, sponsored by Centre by Iris, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. Here are your hosts and founders of the six-figure bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hello, 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 everybody. Hi, back. welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. We are here this afternoon for the session with Leander Dado. Welcome, Leander. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm all right. A little bit nervous, as you can probably you're tell. Both. Another tea. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You are with friends. So if you are jumping on to see Leander and support Leander and myself today, then please go into the comments and let us know. Hashtag live if you're watching live. Hashtag replay if you're watching on replay. Let us know where you're joining us from. Um, let us know what you're looking forward to listening to Leander about today. Leander, um, we're just going to, it's going to be like a little fireside chat. And um, I'm just going to really ask you lots of questions, grill you a little bit, because everybody wants to know how you have become so successful, what your journey's been, um, what what you've done in the past, where you're going to in the future. So let's start at the very beginning, Leander. And please ask your questions in the comments. If you've got any questions, make sure you've enabled StreamYard so we can see who you are and then when we share your uh, comments on the screen we can see who that is there's lots of people joining us lots of people excited to hear your story Leander and um, so let's get started so Leander tell us about why you decided to start a bookkeeping practice so back in 2010 um, I was four years into working for Barclays Bank training as a bank manager and it become very salesy. It wasn't about dealing with the customers, chatting to the customers and servicing their needs. It was about how many sales could you make? Um, and that wasn't the job that I wanted. So at that point, I decided that I'd already been doing Ben's books for probably two or three years anyway, since I left the Navy. And your husband? And my husband, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, I've been doing my husband's books for two or three years. Um, so I decided to go and get qualified. So I started studying the ICB level one, two and three, as it was back in 2010 it's obviously changed mm-hmm. a little since then um got qualified went off traveling for nine months come back because i was offered a dream job with a local solicitor firm uh started with them in the october went to the christmas party got awarded for being part of the best team in the company mm-hmm. uh got very drunk and smashed the award that night Came in after Christmas and the first day back after Christmas leave, I was called into the office for what I thought was going to be the um, my appraisal to confirm the end of my probation period. I was discharged instantly as being <gasps> overqualified and asked not to mix with any of the staff and to leave immediately. Whoa! At that so, point, oh. I vowed never to work for anybody again. That company was shut down three months later by the Solicitor's Regulation Authority. Wow. Wow. So, okay. So what I'm reading in that is that you being overqualified for position meant that were you asking too many questions? Yes. We all know solicitors, client accounts, business accounts. Why were wages being paid from the wrong account? Why were directors being given money when it wasn't there? Oh, okay. So, Yes. And so, and I can really relate to that, Leander, because I was a finance director in a company. I helped them to grow their profits, not just their turnover, their profits. They were nearly, they were like, they had a negative balance sheet when I met them. 
and there was barely 500 pound profit and after two years being there they'd made a million pound profit over the two years and they offered me shares and they took me skiing and that was in the January come back in the March and I was made redundant even though I'd just been offered shares and been taken skiing and exactly that Leander when you're not in control and your own boss you have you have no idea. You can think you're in the most safest job. And like you said, you just won this award. You were making like amazing, you know, you were having an amazing time. You loved the job. It was a dream job, but yet you were still made redundant. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. Maybe you're still working now and you feel like, oh, they'd never get rid of me. Um, Cause I definitely felt like that. Um, and, or maybe you're working for someone you just think, oh my goodness, I really want to spread my wings or I'm re- working all these hours, but for someone else's goals and dreams. And um, I think a lot of us mostly get to a point where we're so disappointed in our employer or in how things are working out that that makes us decide to leave. So, so you vowed never to work for anybody else again. No. So I vowed never to work for anybody else again. Uh, we'd gone off travelling. We'd gone off and run a campsite in Scotland. The plan was to go travelling in Europe, but my husband being Cornish, his elastic band broke. So we come back to Cornwall, moved into the caravan one by one. So at that point, what I was doing was I was like just taking one client on, getting them totally sorted, then taking another one on. I was working closely with some accountants. Now, back in 2010, I was charging eight to twelve pounds an hour. I was charging that right up till 2018. Okay. So okay. I would take on one client at a time um, and it was just me. For many, many years, it was just me. Um, I'd take one client on at a time. I got offered a temping job, so I went and did that for a little bit as well as trying to build the business up. Fell pregnant with Liam. That was in the, de- I had him in the December 2011. So I've been doing it all for like the 12 months, but because we were building the house, I'd had the temporary job alongside it. I'd had a couple of self-assessment clients. And as you are in the start, everything, what tended it happened was I finished working on the day they offered me a full-time role. And I was like, well, no, I'm pregnant. So I'll be leaving you, not, not staying with you. And I'd had plans to build the business. So I went off on my maternity leave, was in the office on the 4th of January, finishing self-assessments, kept building. But what was happening was I was taking on anybody and everybody who was coming to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was building it up and I was building it up. Um, and then 2014, 15, my little girl, I'd had my little girl during that time. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm still working for between eight and 12 pounds an hour. I'm working for a couple of accountants um, who I'd never really managed to build a relationship with. We couldn't have conversations. There was no feedback. It was just kind of, you're my data entry person. Go and do that. That's what I want. Um, And then I kind of was like, my little girl was quite poorly when she was a baby. So she had, uh, they thought it was reflux. In actual fact, she's got an immune deficiency. Um, And what was happening was we was at the hospital two, three, four nights a week, throwing up constantly. Um, so I went into practice thinking that's going to be really good and help me. Oh my goodness. I absolutely hated it. Mm-hmm. First of all, I, w- I was asked to wear a suit mm-hmm. and high heels. That's not me. <laughs> I've got my flip flops on today. <laughs> um, I was then put in a room and given a pile of paperwork from the vat quarter that had just passed and nothing had been entered and, and to work on Sage. At that point, I was already using zero. 
right. my practice. So I felt like I was taking a step back. I went in there and was literally just so great, just get on with the work. And then when I was coming up and asking questions about how to deal with clients, maybe we could get a better relationship where we were we were working on modern day software that wasn't liked. Um, and it, then it ended up, I worked out what I was earning and what I was paying in childcare. And I was earning 70 pounds a month, working five days a week, dropping my children at childcare at eight in the morning and getting back at six o'clock at night. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And you were coming home to then work for eight to 12 pounds an hour. Yep, I was working every evening um, and then Sophia got really poorly and ended up in hospital and work asked me to go in one day when she was in hospital. So I went in and handed in my notice. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I left with immediate effect. Um, And they paid me till the end because they were um, asking me to go in when she was in hospital. So I think they felt at that point they were in the wrong. Um, I know that somebody just said to me about juggling, how do I juggle everything? Mm. Um, I'm not sure who that was. Yeah, how do I juggle it all, Sarah? I am always busy. If I'm not busy, I don't know what to do. I can't. I really struggle to sit down and switch off unless I'm reading a book. I can't sit on the beach and relax. Um, I can go for a swim as long as I'm doing something. It's fine. But I find that I have to be busy. And in actual fact, I get more done. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a difference between what I was in the start, which was a busy fool, working Mm -hmm. for minimum wages and not actually earning, working day and night and not seeing any benefit. So 2016, I took on my first member of staff, AAT qualified. Hold my hands up. At that point, I trusted the certificates. Mm-hmm. And she was with me three years. Um, I didn't have processes in place. I didn't kind of work out what we needed to do and how we checked the work. It was just kind of like we kind of were constantly firefighting. I was never on top. We were just working through what work needed doing. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't. I didn't have any control. Mm-hmm. Um, come January 2018, I lost my younger brother to a heroin overdose. Mm. In February, I then lost my sister-in-law um, to silent pneumonia. Um, literally, we buried her four weeks after we buried my little brother. In the August, I then lost my older brother. And at that point, the wheels just come off my business. I'd already oh my employed, I'd employed the AAT qualified, but then I employed Stacey to come in and help me. Um, my mental health really, really suffered at that point. I went straight downhill. I had no control over my business. I had no control over the finances. Um, between me and the husband, we'd lost nearly 10 members of our family over two years. That impacted oh. us massively. That finished in January 2020 when my mother-in-law, who we've lived with, she lived with us, she died. She was like a second mum to the children. Um, when that happened, at that point, COVID was hitting um, and I had to make a decision of what I did. And the decision that I made at that point was to shut my business down and um and stop um i literally was this close but without stacy i wouldn't have a business here today so and stacy stacy's the one just punching stacy's the one that's stapling something madly in the background everybody Stacy, hi. hi Stacy, hi. Well, it's so nice to listen to you, Leander. Like you're literally like Stacy's working in the background. We are like literally coming live from your home office, and um, oh my goodness, Leander, you've really, really been through a lot. Um, so I um thank you for being so honest, and um, there's a lot of love in the comments for what you've been through. What? How do you get over something like that? How do you pick yourself up and refocus and um or did 
did it end there? Well, was did it start going up there, or did things not? Well, you know, no, no, because um, I was planning to shut the business. Me and Stacey decided that we would try and scale back and just kind of mm-hmm. work with what we had. But we, the two of us, were working nonstop. I'd got rid of all the staff apart from me and Stacey, um, and then lockdown hit. We were like, oh. Okay. And what, I else? Signed, what else can come? I'd signed up to the Success Lounge at that yeah. point. So I was going to do it whilst I was traveling Europe in the summer of 2020 and having a break and just totally regrouping where I want to be, what I wanted to do. Um, so at that point, I signed up to the Success Lounge. And I don't think you ever get over that sequence of events. You learn to live with it and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as much as you grieve, I've learned that in actual fact, and especially lockdown, I have to enjoy the life that I'm having. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very, very lucky. Yeah, I've had a crap time, but everybody goes through their journey and everybody goes through their own level of crap. Um, it, and it's I've just picked myself up. I took up sea swimming. That's helped me massively. I have a great relationship with Stacey, who's also my office manager. So we kind of, we're, we're intermingled. So we're constantly there. She knows if I'm having a crap day. She knows if I need support. She went out and got me coffee and chocolate cake earlier because she knew that I needed <laughs> Um, and I just think that accepting that that stuff has happened, mm-hmm. being open and honest, coming on here and telling people about what I've done, I used to be really embarrassed about the fact that I failed, that my business wasn't making money, I wasn't servicing my clients at the best level that I could, I was juggling finances in the business, juggling finances outside the business, some bad business decisions that I made with my husband for his business. And it just it just all blew up, and then COVID mm-hmm. hit, and I was just like, oh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh. COVID hit, and in actual fact, it gave me a bit of breathing space. So as much as we didn't run a lot of payroll at the port at that point, so the ones that we did, we could take care of easily because we had um, a third party involved. I could come in and do a little bit every now and again just to keep I furloughed all the staff at that point and that was when I made the decision to get rid of them all apart from Stacey um we furloughed the staff um and then what we did was we I went back to basics and was like right what do I need to do and that's when I was in get involved with the success program and I was like well I can't go traveling now I've got my camper van it's in the garden but I can't go anywhere so let's start and rather than coming into the office and doing the day-to-day bookkeeping I started taking some time out and just doing some little bits of business, looking at what did I need to do, what did I, what did I need to be changing, where was it, and what did I want to get to? Um, mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, back in 2020, I didn't have a clear vision. But yeah. what I did know was, after appearing on an office hour and telling this first part of my story, mm-hmm. I said that I was working 20 hours a week for £200 a month. On one client and at this point I'd only just signed up to go proposal and the quote went from 200 to 1400 pounds plus fat and I panicked mm, mm. and Joe did what I did yesterday to Shaheen <laughs> 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 I either take the quote to the client and the client says yes or the client goes mm-hmm. and that was a massive massive turning point for me without the six-figure network without Joe and Zoe coming out and doing it without me even looking at Go Proposal back then it was software, I don't want to pay for software if I pay for software it's costing me money, I don't have the money to pay for it Um, so Go Proposal, Joe and Zoe made me realise that in actual fact as much as I wouldn't start making a profit straight away, I would start clawing that money back that I should be charging 
um, and my fees went. I was some clients were paying me thirty pounds a month for zero bookkeeping and a tax return. Wow, how does that make you feel now? Thinking, I mean, the journey that you've been on. Okay, so say so that same client that was that you were paying uh, that were paying you thirty pound a month for those services. What would they be paying for your services now? If they were paying for bookkeeping every month. Um, they would probably be paying around £200 a month, but I wouldn't be taking them on because currently the way that my business is now, my minimum fees are set at £300 a month, unless it's a client that's in a niche that I really want to work with. Mm-hmm. And that you can help support them to grow yeah, and get there. Support them and get them to grow, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Joanne has just said it's. Uh, it sounds like you're speaking about my business. And I think this is why it's so important to share the bookkeeper's stories behind the scenes, the journeys that we've been on. Because, yeah, I mean, I remember, Leander, when you first started, you're like a different person now. You, Your confidence. Um, and what I noticed with you is that everything that you've got out of being in the membership um, and the support you've received from other people that maybe were one or two steps further on than you at that time, maybe not length of time. And this is why it's so important to realize, you know, I, I've, I've been in business since I was 22 um, in the industry longer, but like I set up my self-employed business then, it doesn't mean that like 10, 15 years later, I'd still knew what I was doing because I hadn't done the work. I Yes, I've been running a business, but I'd never worked on my business. And actually it's quite interesting you say about this turning point. And I think when you do lose people, um that are close to you I lost my dad in 2017 and um the year that year of his anniversary of his death there was the time I set up a meeting with an online coach to learn how to build an online business um because I was like I knew I was meant for more and um, that can all sound a bit big-headed sometimes but it's not meant for that I meant I, I knew I was meant for more to give value to share um, and I didn't know how to get an audience. And so that's in, and then I invested £12,000 in a coach. I didn't have the money. It went on a credit card. And I worked with that coach for a year. And I was still employed at the end of that year. And I felt like, oh, still not put it into practice. But then when I was made redundant, I had everything in my power ready to hit the ground running. And, and I launched my practice and launched Six Figure Bookkeeper at the same time because I knew that what we learn along our journey is so valuable to other people that are just those few steps behind us and Leander that is now what you provide for so many people in our community you're always there supporting and ready to share and the fact you're willing to be so open and vulnerable and say you know I I nearly lost my business it it wasn't I mean to be fair when we look at it it wasn't really a business it was a job that you created for yourself that is a change I went from being a job um, with no goals, I hadn't set any goals. I didn't know what I wanted. Um, and actually, that probably I was just working because the husband was pushing his business, mm-hmm. and he was constantly doing different things, different projects. Um, and nobody teaches. Nobody teaches. It doesn't matter what qualifications you've got. Nobody teaches you how to be in business and do it. Back then, I would have never offered a cash flow. I would have never offered a forecast. I just did data entry, and even then, it wasn't probably to the best of my ability because I, I literally was firefighting mm-hmm. um after implementing goal proposal 
Um, one by one, I went through and repriced my clients. Um, some of them at the minute, they're still on early rates. So it's not an overnight change. Um, I, won't, I won't make a profit. I might make a small profit this year, but it looks like in actual fact, I'll probably still be on a small loss. But next year, I will make a profit. Um, and how I did it was literally went through and priced one by one. That client that was taking 20 hours of my time, he didn't accept his price increase. His accountant emailed me in absolute shock that I could ask to charge that. Um, and I, and I, ref, I don't work with that accountant anymore. Um, mm -hmm. But actually, what it made me realise was the accountants weren't the accountant wasn't valuing the work I was doing anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so when I started repricing and go through goal proposal, did the training. I was constantly on the office hours. I was listening in the group and listening to everyone that was doing, listening to Joe's story. And I was like, in actual fact, I've got a chance here. Now I, I sacrificed a lot when I was my children were younger. They went into childcare. I was working all the time. So in actual fact, I thought, right, okay, what do I want from the business? From the business, I want to work school time and have my holidays off, but also to be able to provide them the life that I didn't have as a child. So obviously, I live in Cornwall, but I was brought up in Scotland. Kind of describe it, put a mixture of shameless and train spotting together. That's kind of like the background. Um, so I kind of left <laughs> the girl the laughing. I left. I've got a brother who died of heroin. I got a brother who spent more time behind bars than than outside of them. But I didn't want that life for me, so I joined the navy at sixteen, and that kind of propelled me to do what I wanted to do. And those life experiences are what have got me to where I am today. Turning the business around was like was was like it was it's flick switch creating that vision board mm. of what I wanted. I wanted my camper van. I wanted to be sat on a beach working. When lockdown hit, it, in actual fact, it gave me time to work through that and go, what do I want from, what do I want from the business? What do I want from my life? Because if I knew what I wanted in my life, I could then work the business around to find that. So when we started getting through the pricing of clients and things, um, what I realised was with that extra, with the extra funds that I was bringing in, I could actually afford to take on somebody else to help us do the work. Help us do the work meant then I was having a bit more time to spend on doing the working on the business rather than in the business. And literally, it has taken me nigh on two years and I'm still not where I want to be. But the changes that we made have been absolutely massive. Um, OK, so OK, so let's just pause a second. I mean, thank you. Um, it's thank you for your military service. Absolutely. And uh and thank you so much for being so honest. And I think it's so important to know that about your background, about what's got you to this point, about the facts. I mean, I think all of us have regrets a little bit on somewhere along our journey of what we've done. And um, yeah, I mean, I remember Rosie was uh, two days old. I was sitting on a ring cushion because I was so sore and I had a laptop on my knees. I was breastfeeding and doing a VAT return with one hand. Now, if I could take that time back, and now she's 11, a preteen, and um, angry at me all the time, I could bring back that little baby, that little bundle of joy, and I could just spend those that time with her, I would. 
but that time's gone. And all I can do now is think about how I can support her going forward. And at the moment, something, you know, um, I found a way to get, she she loves horses and um, and she just, lo- and she, we found that you can loan a horse for £35 a day, which you get to ride it for an hour, but and that's £35, but a lesson for an hour is £55. So she loans two, two Saturdays a month. And when she does that, I turn up and I'm there for her. And like, we have our time. It, it, it's different. And I'm never going to get that back time back. But now I'm very clear about what I want to achieve. And I think we can all, we can all feel a bit of regret. But we have to draw a line and realise things can't change in the past. That's, that's mm-hmm. how it was. But let's, let's think about how we can. And I think that, I mean, it sounds like COVID gave you that opportunity to draw that line. And then realise that with all of your experiences and of doing the work, you hadn't done the work on yourself and you hadn't done the work on your business. And and that's very much what we realised about, this, you know, when I when me and Zoe created this, uh, the Six Month Success Programme, was that I'd very much, I've been doing that for 15, 16 years, trying to start practices and not knowing what I was doing. And then I real, and then by investing in myself, I knew I knew exactly how to build a business. And I'd never been, I had to do the business coaching. I've never done that. And this is what makes me so mad that they give you qualifications and they set you out in the world and go, well, you've got your practice license now, you can run a business. No, you can't. You haven't got a clue what to do. And then you end up getting advice from family and friends who are maybe all employed and never run a business. And then you feel like you're in, and you might come to this group and be comparing yourself to other people, but we've all, we've all been there. No one wakes up knowing how to build and run a successful business. So Um, someone that's in your position now, like uh, that position where you was at, maybe they're thinking, oh goodness, I've set this up really wrong. I've created a job for myself rather than, a business I have you know maybe the kids are at nursery all the time or maybe um I haven't really thought about how I'm gonna set up this business for my life I hadn't thought that what like what kind of questions do you need to kind of sit and ask yourself to realize where you where your next steps need to take you my biggest the first step you want to ask yourself what do you want in life what do you want your life to look like and Joe and Zoe go on about this all the time without knowing what your vision is going to be, you can't plan on how to get there. And I never had that clear in my head. Whereas now I know what my vision is. I know I don't want to work school holidays. I want to retire at 55 with a business that's still paying me. Because having lost my mother-in-law at 60 odd, one month after she got her pension, I don't want to get to that age and something happens. I want to change it now and make the ch- implement the changes. And, and Joe will tell you, I have a holiday left. I wouldn't have let him be staying there for 40 quid a night, but I was letting people pay me pennies, pittance to come um, and use my services. So I think you need to have that vision. One of the big, and everybody asked me this question about, they start chatting about softwares and that. Get Go Proposal, or I think Practice Ignition works similarly. Go Proposal transform my, transform my business. It is paying for itself. In actual fact, we're about to look at upgrading to the 10 proposals a month. I never thought I would be saying that. I was like, I'm never going to oversweep for the letters of engagement. That totally changes it. It saves you the time on the admin. That one software and being part of, of the group has really, really helped me. So you want to look at your, your vision. Mm-hmm. What are you charging? And we say, well, don't compare yourself to anybody, but just do what other people in the group do. Ask the question. Put in there, look, 
if you had X, Y, and Z, what would your quote be? Um, mm-hmm. Shaheen, me and Shaheen compared quotes yesterday. She was charging two hundred pounds a month. I was charging nine hundred and fifty a month. Mm-hmm. So hopefully she goes out there today and smashes her meeting. Um, but it just shows you the difference in making those small changes can make. I have minimal clients who are under three hundred pounds a month now. Mm-hmm. I also I'm not taking on every Tom, Dick, and Harry. I've kind of got mm-hmm. my niche. Got my okay, niche. so someone just said, how how did you decide on your niche? Okay, I've got a husband in the construction business. We've built free houses. So I know that. I, I understand this construction industry scheme. I've got a holiday let. Construction, holiday lets, and property portfolios all kind of, go, kind of tie in together. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my business niche. But anybody who follows me will know that um, I love sea swimming. I love biking. I love climbing. We love hanging off the cliffs. So if if I speak to outdoor businesses and something that's really adventurous or even I have taken on yoga just to try and, to try and balance and calm myself down, um, that's the sort of industries I'm taking on. But that's for my enjoyment because I, I love seeing it. I love watching these people. I've got a client who's doing a retreat in Sri Lanka at the minute. And I'm looking at the photos thinking, I'm going to get myself on that retreat and go yeah. and do it. Um, yeah. And doing stuff that I enjoy. So I have an industry that I really, really understand. And then the other side of it is my hobbies. And I can do the two of them. Absolutely. Made me a better person because I enjoy working with those clients. I've got a couple of pain in the clients. Mm -hmm. Pitta. We call them pitta clients. Mm P-I-T-A. I've got a couple of pitta clients. I'm not usually that polite. Um, (laughs) I've got a couple of pitta clients. And I um, am in the progress of hopefully getting rid of them. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, in actual fact, probably over the next few months, they're planning on selling their business. So if they mm-hmm. sell the business, my pl- I will be telling them that unfortunately I won't be taking on the new owner because they're not in any of those industries that I want to work with. And your business is moving in a new direction and mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't fit. And also I found, I mean, just a top tip. So someone's like, how do you, how do you uh, use GoProposal and, you know, how do you go to a client and up their fees that much? Listen, you don't have to do them all at once. What you do is you create a list and the biggest pitters go to the top of the list and they're the ones you reprice first because if they go and they don't like your, you get to practice on them first, you know, you get to hear all the objections and things like that. But if they go, you're not bothered because you didn't want them anyway. So up the pitters first and then work your way down the list. And uh, and like Leanne did, said, she's using a package at the moment, I think, is it five? You start off with five yeah. proposals a month. So, you know, if you get in yourself in a habit of, and I do this now, you know, I reprice my clients as well. Um, so that's part of my job every month is to reprice fee reviews for existing clients and also like uh, proposals for new clients, which you will see behind the scenes of that this evening at 7 p.m. So um, tune in again for our extra bonus session uh, behind the scenes of how I use Go Proposal. So if you've been listening to this and thinking, what is Go Proposal? How do you use it? What's it look like? then you can come and see my go proposal this evening. Okay, so so you started to reprice clients, you started to price your worth. And even though I'm sure you and this is where it's not just about software. And it's not just about a program. This is about having um, community behind you as well to go, come on, Leander, you can do it like mindset. The stuff we do is actually leads, the sales and mindsets, the stuff that 
uh, James Ashford does with uh, Go Proposal. You'll see him at boot camp as well on Friday morning. He's coming in. Really, it's not, you know, yeah, you, everyone can charge more, but how do you go about it? How do you have the conversations, all of that? That's really tricky and you've got to really work on yourself. And And this is why we need to focus on our goals and what we want, because if we can't envisage what this business needs to do for us, we have no motivation to go and have those difficult conversations. If, if it's just about swapping time for money, you can do that all day long and just do the work and maybe get a bit of feeling like, oh, well, at least that's reconciled and they're kind of, maybe they're happy, but it's it's not easy. So, okay, so, but I know now, I mean, so we're talking about two years ago with like early 2020. Yeah. And you, you're working, you didn't get to go away in your camper van, but you were working on yourself, working on your business. You've taken on, you already had Stacey, but you've taken on another member of staff. What was different this time about taking on a new member of staff compared to when you did it before with your AAT qualified? Um, I had, um, as much as they had qualification, to me, that didn't matter. To me, what it was, was to refine my processes. And I knew that I needed to write the processes. The processes aren't complete. They're constantly developing them, bringing in different bits and pieces. Um, but I knew that we had to have a process in place that when they process the work, it was checked before it got to the year end and things. Because what was happening is it cost me four or five thousand pounds worth of my time to unpick a client's work. One client who I'd got rid of, so I wasn't even earning that money, but I'd had to unpick all that work that somebody had done. That they were hiding journals and doing bits and pieces and that. And because I wasn't checking it properly, I didn't know what was going on. So we had a really strict process in place probably too strict if anybody was at the mastermind because I was literally I was checking down to a penny rounding issue I've let that go now but I was checking everything then we'd reconcile it we'd check that as well I had a really strict process in place if they had an issue they would message me or they would um, contact me via Trello and we'd run through it trying to and trying to offer them training as well so anybody that's already a member of the group will probably know that I take on bookkeepers who are recently qualified or setting up their own business and give them, as well as them working for me, I also sort of try and mentor them a little bit, give them new processes, adding in extra checks that we, we would like them to do that then hopefully they go on to implement in their business. By doing these extra checks and writing these processes, it's allowed me to go from the summer of 2020 with me and Stacey to what we're now in the middle of March 2022 and we are a team of nine. Wow. Well, and you really have, you really have. Um, and it's it's amazing. You, in our success lounge, you have literally said, right, I'm ready to take on someone else. Or you've seen someone that's struggling, that's new, that um, has got some qualifications. Maybe they've got experience in the past. Maybe they haven't. And you've really given an opportunity to nurture somebody that is feeling vulnerable, like it's not going to work for them. And um, you've really taken so so many of our members under your wing, and um, and and that's the other thing about this community because you know what you see in them is you see that they've invested in their business, you see that they are turning up to the office hours and our Q and As and asking the right questions. So you're kind of getting to vet these people um, yeah. beforehand and using it as your recruitment tool, which is ingenious. I love it. And I've had to revisit it recently. So recently I had to look at the figures and I was like, hang on a minute, this client's fee and this client's costs are not aligning. It, and before it really was, I was paying my staff to do the work more than I was earning. 
Um, so what we've done now is we've got, obviously, all businesses have varying pay scales. So I've taken this client from one of the higher level girls and go, look, A, it's costing me, but also B, this client is a really in-depth client. And in actual fact, it would be really good for one of my, one of the new girls to take this client on and really get into it and really juicy, get in there. They're in there two or three times a week and working on it. Um, but also what you have to spot is as those girls that are subcontracting to you are um, building their businesses, be able to spot maybe when you're giving them too much. And mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things for me um, mm-hmm. that some people are getting a bit busier and you just have to look at the work and just go, right, okay, hang on a minute. I've maybe given you a bit too much work. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to scale it back, but we're going to work on getting that work that you're doing to the next level. Mm-hmm. So that you're then learning even more and more. All the girls that work for me, if they've got an issue with their clients, they'll come to me and ask me the mm-hmm. question. Anybody in the group knows that my phone's on, message mm-hmm. me. Um, I'm very open to answer the questions. Having that in place mm-hmm. now is bringing me to my next challenges. So, of course. Which and is- so you can't, I mean, you. what you must have done is set up some really robust systems and processes so that you are able to bring on a kind of a newbie and and nurture them through and give them a client and and this is the other reason why it's so good to have like specific industries or certain niches because you really do already know what that client's going to need before and uh, taking them on so you're able to kind of put them into the system what systems and processes do you use i know you use trello so we have uh, so we have trello for workflow management um, we are looking at implementing Dex Precision for that, um, but we use Trello. So Stacey sets up boards for all the girls. They've got their clients on there. They put their timesheets onto there and they put all the comments. And also that helps us plan the workflow. So we now have a weekly update where they update what work they've done, what they're looking for and what they're waiting on for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hopefully we'll be able to work with Dex Precision. As a practice management software, we do use Centre. I'm so excited. Penelope Allard is coming to visit me to help me set up Centre next month. Oh, oh my goodness. Love it. Penelope. Um, yeah, so she's coming to stay with me. We're going to go have a swim and she's going to help me with Centre. Oh, how exciting. So um, so we use Centre for practice management. Currently, I'm not in a position where I can get all my staff, whether they be employed or subcontractors, into Centre. I don't feel that financially I can do that at the minute, which is why we use Trello. Um, then we use we're 100% zero practice. Mm-hmm. don't use any other bookkeeping software uh we use obviously dex prepare as well and um, we tend to only use hubdoc for small clients some of them are legacy clients or like dad i do his rental accounts he's not going to pay me for dex prepare so no. i just put him on that there's and what we started doing in actual fact is using um dex prepare for those annual clients who we're still not working with monthly but in actual fact we can just export all of their expenses as an excel spreadsheet that we use for in tax filer to produce the year-end accounts and their self-assessments which is saving me time um, mm-hmm. and i have somebody that, that um is now doing all of my self-assessments wow so, so leander you're now at nine nearly ten employee or as a team yep. and um you know that this year you might be breaking even you're still taking money out of the business though. yes yes yep. Um, and um, you're on a path to be more profitable next year. Yep. What are the next, I mean, so, I mean, I, I have no idea how old you are because you're like, I have no idea how old you are. 30, okay. So 
so you've got to plan until you're 55 before <laughs> plan until you're 55 to retire what's the next um what's the next thing in your business that you're going to focus on um to help you grow is it about the more staff you get the more clients you get that the bigger you are and the more turnover and more profit you make or is there something else that you're going to be looking at to reach those profit level levels? So for me, at the minute, it's ensuring that the workload is not too much for each member of staff. So I don't want any of my staff managing more than four clients. All of my staff work part time. Mm -hmm. So we do. Um, so all my staff work part time. We're trying to get it that during the holiday. So if it's a one week holiday, half of them take the start of the week, half of them take the end of the week. So everybody's got holiday off in the, in the summer holidays. We're looking at implementing one week on, one week off. So that every, so it's covered right the way through and the bookkeeping keeps continue to be done. I take the school holidays off. Um, Stacey will take over more of the management side of it. And I want to go into basically just being the face of the business. I'm going to go out and meet mm -hmm. clients. I'm going to sign up the clients. Um, we're about to um, put a post up to say that our books are closed until at least June. Mm -hmm. We just had an influx of four clients and that's enough to get the processes right, get them nailed, keep on top of the, their pricing and just let us settle into the rhythm of that before we look to do anything else. I'm also hoping to going forward be offering some mentoring mm -hmm. um, to fellow bookkeepers who resonate with, with my story, who just want a bit more confidence. There's lots of us out there to do it. Um, and, it's, and I know that for me, so before when I signed up to the six success group, there wasn't a coaching element in it. Mm -hmm. what I did is I signed up to the accountancy millionaire club and the reason I signed up to that club was to work with Ashley Leeds who I'd been in touch with for two years before I signed up obviously Ashley had his own issues left shortly after at which point I also revoked my membership um, and had just been waiting for the time period to elapse I'd already texted him and said look as soon as the day arrives message me I'm waiting um, so when he got involved with 6FB that was amazing um, <laughs> and I was like right okay what do I do now um but speaking to people within the group and doing the office hours and being there and people asking me questions has really helped build up my confidence. Mm -hmm. So now I want to use, a bit like you've done with me, I want to help those skills of like jumping on a call yesterday with someone and just go running through the group. It only took me 40 minutes. So I'm and you enjoy it. You enjoy it. it. And I love helping people, but I also I have to be aware, and this is where I'm probably more aware than I was previously, I have to be aware that that is my time. So I mm -hmm. have to charge for my time. Yeah, and that's my absolutely. knowledge and experience that I've built up. And I think until now, I give away a lot of time for free to clients, to friends, and that. And I love doing that. But so many people are coming to me. I'm like a bit overwhelmed. Like this week, I've this week I've been quite overwhelmed. And I'm like, I said to Stacey, after this week, I just need to take a step back. For a you've week. done a lot. You've done a lot this week, and um, and but we're so grateful to you for coming here. And I know that lots of people. Uh, are so grateful to hear your story and I think lots of people resonate and and I think the fact that we both shared that we've been sacked or been made redundant I think it gives I saw someone earlier say oh my goodness that's so great it was it's not just me because we do feel like that and I really suffered and I'm sure you, you know you do have a lull and think oh my goodness am I not good enough and go through all of that but actually when you actually the more you speak to other people you realize that there's so many people have been through the same thing and um and it's so fabulous having you part of the success lounge and um and I love how you're helping our members to learn and gain experience but while not allowing them to just use you 
as uh, the total. You know, you're not yeah. you're not building up all of their business for them. They they can go out and there and get their own clients as well. But learn under your wing and that's amazing i have a mixture so some of the staff some of the girls in the group are employed by me because at the minute they're not looking to build their own business or anything however there's one of my girls who went live well she didn't go live but she's loaded herself onto linkedin this week Mm -hmm. absolute massive achievement but she knows who she is and i know she's listening because i've seen her name (laughs) when she started with me she wouldn't she wouldn't have done that she wouldn't have gone and done that. And hopefully by being part of the group and the support that we've been given her, it makes her realise that she is an amazing bookkeeper. She just needs to believe in herself. And with her, I see where I was. Like, Joe's my idol. Um, <laughs> like, like I was, I'm striving to be more Joe. Um, but that's because where, where I was, I felt so low, so down. I was like, hang on a minute. Look what Joe's done. And when you shared your story with us, we, we I was moved to tears. So to be oh. able to do what... I'm doing and inspiring others. I woke up this morning to an email with my face on it. (laughs) And that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to, you know, there's so many in this community. Me and Zoe cannot look after everybody that well. So we're looking for stars like Leander who are in our community that can help support our community even more. And you really have done that today. So thank you so, so much for sharing your story um everybody um, if you want to connect, connect with leander where's the best place leander where can they, people connect it's with you? probably just to add me on linkedin or on facebook as a friend yeah that's the easiest absolutely. way to find me my my facebook profile my personal one is my personal life but i speak to everybody on there um and yes you're right sarah be more jewel so um, it's connect with me on there on linkedin i do a bit of mixture if anybody see my pie my pie post last week because i i like construction which builder yeah. doesn't like a pie? So <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, my chicken pie. I was quite impressed. I even made the pastry. Um, <laughs> but thank you, Sarah. Um, um, but also, just, yeah, drop me a message. Most people yeah. will know that if they message me, I will answer. It may not be. I'm getting they better do. at not answering at night. Um, but just drop me a message. I've got a question. Up until the end of this month, I'm not charging for any coaching services, but from April, I will be um, making my Lendoneer bookkeeping page, support page live and going. And uh, yeah, they can find me over there as well if they want some extra support. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much, Leander. Thank you so much to everybody that's joined us uh, today. I'm sure you've all been as touched as I have um, listening to Leander's story story, and very, very grateful for her time today. Um, We will see you all later on. We've got two more sessions today. 7pm is live behind the scenes of my sales process. And then 8pm, the final part of our RISE framework with a special guest who's going to be popping on we've not announced who that is yet it's a secret and um we're going to be announcing lots of things this evening tonight is going to be fun it's going to be like 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 so we said order a pizza or put a pizza in the oven bring along a glass of wine make the other half deal with animals and um and cats and cats and children (laughs) and uh, i've not started drinking yet and we will see you later on take care everyone thank you so much for your time take care forget to join us every week on the bookkeepers podcast with topical bookkeeping chat why not join our free facebook group the six figure bookkeepers club or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com